you know, it's going to be crisis sissies. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the number two ranked player in the world? It's the one and only Nate from the Gamers Guild. What's up, my guy? Uh, I accept none of that, because I am certainly not, uh, and Longshanks is a, a janky with its rating system but it's fun to uh to be up there i guess hey man you, you've done the work you've put in the time you have dethroned aaron yet again we love you aaron uh but uh you know it's uh it's kind of funny to see that you know you just went adepticon and all of a sudden the world is your oyster pretty much how it worked right <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, Adepticon was uh, is the key to victory, so everybody go to Adepticon. Yes, yeah. for real, everybody go to Adepticon. I know I'm going to try to be there this year. We're, it's looking like a 95 to 99% sure at this point. Sweet. Yeah, I'm stoked for that. But speaking of Adepticon, Nate, looks like we're going to have some new models for Adepticon, and one that I think you're pretty excited about. Dude, I've got the goofiest grin on my face right now. I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. So what makes you so excited for Agent Venom? Uh, Only because since day one, like literally the day it gets announced, day two, I guess, technically, I go and talk to Will Schick and I'm like, cool, like I, I got a demo game in. How's this work? How's this work? Cool. How would like the alter ego thing work like Agent Venom versus Eddie Brock Venom? And we talk about it. So, like, pretty much since the beginning, uh, that has been a character that has been on my wish list, highest want, and talked about. And uh, he's finally here, and he's got a freaking awesome sculpt, too. Dude, like, I get some of the criticism of the Flash Thompson Agent Venom sculpt. Like, I, I really do, because it's little fiddly bits that could easily break off and all that stuff. I understand that. But, oh, my God. Goodness, does it look so cool. It looks so cool. And not only that, this is one of those things where like AMG and Dallas and their sculpting team and all that stuff, you know, I, I'm going to lavish praise upon them. Like I'm not above criticism because some things are frustrating. You know, Storm comes to mind as kind of a frustrating model. Uh, some of the other ones have been frustrating. However, Generally speaking, like how dynamic the sculpts are, generally, it's all been amazing. Like, you know, maybe Sabretooth, the original Sabretooth falls a little bit flat in terms mm -hmm. of like dynamic sculpts a little bit. But at the same time, for every one of those, you've got six that just look incredible. And and this one right here, Nate, I said this last week, I, I think this might be my favorite sculpt in the game. 
it, it's really good. The only thing that, like, obviously favorite character, uh, the pistols that are held by the tendrils look fine to me. I'm a little bit questioning about what this, like, assault rifle weird-looking gun in his, uh, I guess his right hand is. Yeah. But that that's something that, like, once I actually get a 360 view of it and then see what's going on with it, we'll see what happens. Yeah, come on, AMG. Put the 360 up already. But just just do it. Just just put yep. the, put the 360 view. We all want to see it. That's my favorite thing they do, honestly, <laughs> with these models. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm so hyped. So I also am hyped for the record for Jessica Drew because I think Spider Woman's a really cool character. She's one that I liked as a kid and everything, and mm-hmm. and so I'm glad to see her coming into the game. And she's been around a lot longer as you know in terms of the Marvel comics pantheon of characters she's been around a lot longer than agent venom has so i think it there's a lot of history they could draw from there and it could be really exciting but let's have some wild speculation here nate just just a little bit of wild speculation where do you see agent venom slotting in affiliation wise uh so to me and my knowledge of him and the comics and stuff there are three affiliations that he could slot into currently reasonably mm-hmm. uh, and one of those is obviously web warriors because web warriors yes yeah give him the spider-man uh helps uh, lead the attack on uh, the spider island storyline not to mention the secret wars where he kind of like takes over for uh, peter is leading the the revolution there uh you've got him in guardians of the galaxy because he had honestly relatively short stint with the Guardians, uh, where he got to come like Space Knight and stuff, which weird, but you know, Agent Venom can't complain. Uh, so Guardians, and then Avengers, because he was a Secret Avenger. Uh, I think like right after the AVX storyline happened. Yeah, I see a lot of people saying Shield, and I just do. I either do not know of or think it's they're just like. Because really, he worked for the government, not Shield. Uh, it was under Shield's radar, so Shield actually wasn't too happy about it. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they translate Secret Avengers into uh, him being in Shield instead. But obviously, I'd rather see him as an Avenger. But you know, I probably don't get my way on that because there's way too many Avengers as there is. <laughs> that's that's definitely true, right there. I mean, but you can never have enough fun toys, right? Never, never. So, yeah, I think all of those make a ton of sense. And when it comes to what he should do on the tabletop, I mean, are we going to see another kind of, like, Bucky-ish situation where someone's just, like, blasting away from range? Or do you think that this version of Venom's going to be able to, like, get up in there? And do you think they're going to take any of the heal mechanic like Eddie Brock's version of Venom has, like... Do you think they're going to have kind of a, a, a an interesting amalgam of characters, or do you feel like we're going to see something brand new? I, I think we see something brand new, mostly because it's going to be an interesting mix between uh, Core Spider-Man and Venom that we already have. It, is what I like. He he needs to be uh, somewhat of an, an aggressive. Pe- I mean, like look at all the guns that he has. Like so maybe some sort of rapid fire attack going on. 
probably not quite as durable as Venom, uh, just like in terms of raw health and healing kind of uh, shenanigans that he can get up to. But I bet he still has some sort of defensive ability because both Venom and Spider-Man have that. So I don't know. They're, like I have a, a version made up of... Uh, my, my own Agent Venom card that I've talked about a couple times. I'm not going to share it because it's rampant, uh, overpowered <laughs> shenanigans as one would make their own favorite character. Well, yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping for medium move, maybe get a web swing kind of thing going on. Lots of different gun attacks and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds like it'd be pretty sweet. I, I would love to see some kind of rapid fire. I think that'd be pretty awesome. But, you know... That's probably about the only thing that uh, that you said there that I would be like, yeah, no, definitely, I want this. But other than that, I'm just stoked to have that character on the board. And I said this when I posted the uh, the picture on the Facebook page. I was like, well, looks like I'm coming home to Web Warriors. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I yeah, uh... can't wait. Then we've got uh, Jessica Drew over here, who might be our first uh, five affiliated piece. Oh, really? You think so, huh? I mean, like, she she is well known for just so many different places. Oh, yeah. Like, she's super well known for A-Force. Yep. Like, her her time between S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA is kind of just like an iconic piece of her history. Yep. Super well-known Avenger. So, like, honestly, if they keep her at four, the thing that I would think would drop is Web Warriors, but the uh, the back of the box seems to heavily indicate that these two are both Web Warrior affiliated, so who knows? It sure does, and and you're you're not wrong. In terms of all the places that she could slot in, I mean, there's so many. So many. Because, like, just pull up her, uh, you know, Marvel fandom page, and mm-hmm. this is probably for a lot of characters, but... When you look at at the the what's in Marvel Crisis Protocol version, I mean, you've got the Secret Avengers, and then in parentheses it says Shield. Then you've got the Spider Army, which says to me Web Warriors, Hydra, Shield. They're like ally of the X Men, so like you could maybe even see something like that. Like it's just crazy, and you know, obviously A Force and all of that stuff. Like I'm just. I can't even imagine what they're going to do with her, but I'm really excited to see how they kind of translate her to the tabletop and everything. Cause unlike some of the other web warriors characters, she more flies than uses webs and stuff. So I'm like excited to see how they translate that and whether or not that's represented via like movement or places or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll say the the thing I'm most excited about her and the the places she's likely to go uh, is I can only imagine she's going to be able to hand out poison, which will be fun with Strucker. They'll bring an energy attack into Shield, which will be big because then you got somebody that's in affiliation to finally team up with uh, Torch, and then Web Warriors. I just don't think have an energy attack outside of Miles's Venom Blast Spender. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, they definitely need some of that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see her. It's funny cuz you know, we're obviously talking a lot about Agent Venom here and everything and our hype for that, but like that's just because that character resonates with both of us, but Jessica Drew's a character that is going to be really cool 
And I think that we're going to see something pretty neat on the tabletop with her. I, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm just excited. Just excited for this whole box. And seriously, y'all, it's going to be all Web Warriors all the time again. And I hope that y'all are just ready for that. I really do. I hope I hope that you're ready for me to just put everyone in Web Warriors again because that's just how we do here. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go on a, a, a stand here. I think uh, this is going to be the coolest box that we have gotten from MCP since Rogan Gambit as far as just like kind of hyped characters. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And yeah, I mean, especially when you like look at him. I mean, we're talking about Venom sculpt and yeah, his sculpt is dynamic and amazing and everything. I mean, even Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman sculpt here is amazing. Like it really is. Like it's it's really great. It's really dynamic. It kind of harkens to a couple of sculpts we've seen already. But I still kind of love about it. To say that this one I like Agent Venom's is up there. Jessica's is fine to me. I very, very similar to Spider-Gwen and Sabretooth's uh, ballerina pose, as it's commonly referred to. This is fair, but at least it makes sense with her, maybe a little bit. I don't know. But I well, like it. Does. It does. Like, it, 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 it looks very Spider-Woman-esque. That's right. And I also love painting red. So, like, <laughs> what, hang on. When I paint, I love painting red. I mean, you saw my Doctor Strange cape. It looks pretty good, and it's red. It does. It is a red cape. Came in second... In the painting competition at the event we went to this weekend, Nate. Ooh la la. Yeah. Yeah, segues. So, yeah, we had an event this weekend. Shout out to Sean and the War Room Hobbies for putting that event on. If you do want to order anything from War Room Hobbies, you can check them out online at warroomhobbies.com. Use code MCP2022 and you can buy some stuff for some discounts. Yay. Uh, <laughs> so, Nate. How did you feel about your performance overall this weekend? I felt pretty good. Ended up uh, taking third with my last huzzah as uh, Avengers with Steve and stuff. It's been a fun year with him. Figure I give him uh, one more shot uh, here at the end. Uh, and I have to say, man, I have never played against the Shadowland Daredevil rapid fire list uh, that I ran uh, locally quite a bit. Uh, and I just want to apologize to my local players. I had no idea. It was just it was it was a lot of fun to play because you're just like rolling dice and rolling dice. Man, being on the other side of it is brutal. Yes, yeah, tough. Uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely tough, and it's one of those things where I I ran into that list this weekend too, and it's one of those things where you know what's happening, right? Like I'm like mm -hmm. sitting there to myself, thinking to myself, okay, I know how this is going to work. I know what's going on. So when I played that list, uh, shout out to Jeff. Uh, I don't, I think, did did Jeff win? Uh, Jeff took second. There you go. So yeah, Dakota took him down with Hydra. So way to go, D Dakota. Way to go, Jeff, getting to that top table. Congratulations, guys, to you. Um, with that, though, I played into Jeff. I think it was round two. And he had the perfect setup to get everything he wanted. So we had Infinity Formula and Montessi, right? And he's got his Criminal Syndicate people. I've got my Convo people. What, what happens is Black Cat's last activation, he's going super wide, runs across to where Nick Fury's hanging out with my Convocation people on a Infinity Formula, hangs out next to him, first activation says, oh yeah, cool, that's mine now. 
It just runs off into the corner. And like, it's funny because without Infinity Formula, that's not even possible. And it's like the perfect setup. And I never saw that objective again, you mm-hmm. know? And it's funny how whenever I've talked here before, like, I don't want to say that I've been dismissive of things like Black Cat or Shadowlands Daredevil and all the rerolls and all that stuff, but I could see how it could come across as that way. And I've played into that multiple times, but never in that scenario, I guess. And in that exact situation, that feels terrible. It just yeah. feels terrible. And like, you know, it's one of those things where, where like you have no agency in that way. And it's like, I could put a lot of resources into going and chasing down black cat and everything, but there's no point in, in that game. And that's kind of what I want to bring up to this is in general is like, okay, so that happened. If you're at the tabletop, that happens. And let's be honest, it's probably still going to be happening given some uh, fun changes. We're going to talk about here in a few minutes, but not as bad as it maybe once was. But anyways, so one of the things you have to think about is that's only one objective. That's only one point that Black Cat's going to be scoring. So you have to just try to make up the difference somewhere else. And sometimes it's hard, but I know that you can do that. I was trying to do that for the whole game and just was not able to get over the hump at some very critical moments. But it is what it is. Like, we both had kind of spike roles in that game specifically. And mine just came at the wrong times, whereas his mm-hmm. came at the exact perfect time. But that's what happened when you play Shadowlands Daredevil is you, you're maximizing your chances to get those spikes. Right, Nate? Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. If you're out there and you're like, man, these dice, uh, ooh, dice, just, just strap on a little SLDD. And uh, see how it feels, because it's uh, it's a little a little better <laughs> with the dice. Pretty consistent. Yep. Yeah. So that was a really exciting match for me. Also, um, shout out to Dennis, uh, a suit. I got to play him in round one. He was playing Weapon X, and I was terrified. And uh, I won that game eight to seven. <laughs> a scoring game. Yeah, we were playing uh, Montesi and Demons. So. I grabbed the middle one and made him come to me on everything else and was just like, all right, I'm going to hang out over here now. You just come this way. I don't want any part of Sabretooth. Thanks. So, yeah, it was a it was a good game. Really fun game. And he almost had a chance to come back and win it at the very end with uh, the Logan the Wolverine beaming like four of my people because, you know, sweet beams and stuff. What about you, Nate? Did you uh, have any exciting matches? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I had a tough game to Shadowlands Daredevil that ended up going to time. If we had had all the time in the world, I think he would have, uh, he, he pretty assuredly would have had me, but thankfully I got a, an early enough lead and was able to to hold out and have my characters not get completely tabled to win that one. And then the, uh, the second one I played against uh, Jeff and lost as well. And uh, just looking back, there are a couple of uh, mistakes that I made where, like, if I had placed an objective token differently, like, I guarantee could have won the game, uh, but just didn't think that he would bring his domino from the back gamma point all the way over to uh, just pick up a a legacy virus. But doing it uh, saved him the game in hindsight. So Nice. 
my last game was against uh, Justin, who's my local. Uh, but he brought Malekith with his uh, X-Men because he can still kind of get off the uh, ferocity because you have a Malekith hop, mm-hmm. which just lets him move attack anyway. Uh, but I brought Loki, and he did not get to use a ferocity attack the entire game because of Loki. Woohoo, man, yeah, that change, uh, it's pretty, pretty spicy. And that's another thing, Nate. So I am apparently a scaredy cat, Nate, because I put Malekith in my list, and I was like, mm, yeah, I'm going to do some Malekith stuff now because he's better in convocation. <laughs> and uh, you know how many times I played him? I'm going to guess zero. Zero times. I played him zero times because every time I got to the table, I'm like, okay, so Weapon X, dumpstering Malekith. Got it. Right? Like, I'm, I'm just like thinking to myself, the first game, the first game, Montesi and Demons, perfect setup. I'm like, this is the Malekith game, right? No. And it was not. <laughs> because I just was, I'm like, dude, this is not going to be good. If I, if I do this, like, I'm going to get deleted. So that happened. And then the next game, it was way too wide. Uh, that it was that Montesi Infinity Formula. I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense. And he's playing Shadowlands Daredevil. Malekith's going to get dumpstered. Cool, not doing that either. So then the next game I played Brad, which I didn't mention this one earlier. Played Brad. Shout out to Brad, another suit. I love Brad. We've played a few times now. And Brad, Brad gets me. Nate, I've noticed this. Like, he just, he gets me. Because he's like, mm-hmm. after the game, he's like, yeah, man, if, uh, you know, I'm just going to let you, you, you play slow. You, you are a slow player, and they're talking to me. Like, so I'm just going to let you play slow. I'm going to make you have to make decisions and, and make you get analysis paralysis because I know over time it's going to pay off. I'm like, oh, Brad, you, you sneaky, sneaky guy. <laughs> like, he just knows what's up. So on that game against Brad, we played Spider Infected and... I'm not sure if I remember what the secure was, but either way, I was like, well, this is way too wide. So I was like, well, not playing Malekith here either. And then I had to, I had to drop for round four because we had stuff to do with the family that night. But either way, it, it was, it was all fun. It was all, all a great event. And I, I'm over here with like, man, yeah, Malekith's going to be fun and, and convocation now with all these changes and everything. It's probably a little spicy here. And I didn't do it, Nate. I didn't do it. And I probably won't now. <laughs> Such is life. Sense. So, Nate, we've alluded a couple of times to some pretty big changes in Marvel Crisis Protocol. And uh, yeah, I'd say we have probably one of, if not the biggest change to Marvel Crisis Protocol since it released that we've seen, like as a whole. Mm-hmm. You could say maybe the card pack, you know, with the, the character changes and all that stuff. But I think this is probably more impactful in a broader sense uh, than just a couple of characters. And that is the crisis changes. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, it's it's either first or second for largest uh, changes, obviously. The other one being the, uh, the gigantic uh, character update we got last November. Yeah. So we have some significant changes to crises, crises. Is it Crisi? Crises? Crisis? I've been debating this since day one of the game. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be Crisis. Cool. There we go. Got it. Nailed it. Uh, so, the thing I want to do here, Nate, there's a lot 
that is that is on on this document. I highly encourage you. It's on AMG's website. Just uh, go. It's on there. Easily found under the rules section, and it's print and play, which is really cool. But the thing I want to talk about first, Nate, is the things that haven't changed. Okay, so the the things that have not changed, we've got hammers still the same, still eighteen threats, still four objectives. They still do the exact same thing. That's mm-hmm. pretty great. And then the spider infected has not changed. It's still 17 threat, still one VP for each. You can only hold one. It still does its little movement shenanigans during the power phase, all of that fun stuff. Okay, so that's that's a thing that has stayed the same. Another one that hasn't changed would be the Black Order portals. You see how I pause there, Nate? It's because I can't say that fast. Yep. So Black Order portals, I think I messed it up. It doesn't matter. It's the same. Still still one VP, still in the D shape. And uh, yeah, crits and wilds, you get the power and you get the placement. So, or the push. Sorry, it's, it's a push, not a placement. So that's the same. Infinity formula stays the same. Demons downtown stays the same. Thank goodness, I guess. Like, I will say the one thing it's like, man, why, why couldn't they put the... Demons downtown during the cleanup phase. Exactly. Yeah. Like, man, that's like you did all this changes and that and you didn't change that one. So that stays the same. So then another one that didn't change, Nate, is Mutant Madman. It is still the map B. It is still the physical defense, crits, wilds, and hits. And all the same same rules there. So that one's that one's fine. Also, spider portals stayed the same. And I like that it's, you know, roll the skulls, place within two. I hate that crisis. I can never roll on it. I love it, mm-hmm. but I hate it. Uh, then we've got the riot spark. Guess what? Stays the same. So I love that. Uh, scoundrels stays the same. Other than that, everything else has a change in some way or another. And if you notice, Nate, as I was going through there, most of the things that haven't changed are secures. Yep. So, let's talk about some of the big changes that we have as part of this game. And I think, Nate, that we need to break this up a little bit because I think that there's a lot of discussion about how these crises are going to play and how... You might want to attack the different setups and scenarios and stuff like that that you're going to get into. And what I want to do here, Nate, today is introduce people to these new crises. And and maybe just a quick little why it's interesting in this new form. But overall, mm-hmm. I think today we just introduce people. And then going forward, we're going to deep dive into some of these crises as we get more time with them. Because I think that this is really going to matter as we get out of the holidays into the first of the year. And, I mean, we've got LVO coming up at the beginning of the year. And so, like, it's a whole new world when LVO hits. So, how do you feel about that, Nate? Do you, do you think we just kind of go through what the changes are real quick? And then we can yeah, get, take get a, back uh, into take it. Take a skimming time. approach. Yeah. Skim it. We're going to speed read it, if you will. So... Nate, let's start at the top with Alien Ship 
crashes in downtown. I'll let you take this one. Yeah, absolutely. So this one still starts the game with three power cores uh, across the board on map C. Uh, however, you no longer have to roll to try to find which crash site has the actual power core. It They, they just all have the power core. Thank God. Uh, so there are three of them. You interact, you get to pick it up, but you can only hold one power core at a time. Uh, they are worth one victory point each uh, during the cleanup phase. However, also during the cleanup phase after you score, each character with three or more power that is holding a power core rolls three dice. For each skull and wild in the result, the character holding the power core and all characters within range two of it suffer one damage. That's spicy. So that's up to three damage. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty that's pretty great. And seems pretty fun and it's one of those mm -hmm. where i i can see the logic like remember that thing i just said about black hat coming over and stealing your stuff mm -hmm. and then not doing anything for the rest of the game hashtag deterrent i'm just saying a uh, little bit of that also spoiler alert for all these there are no more single extract crises yep yep so the, the runaway game plan for the black cats of the world is not nearly as strong as it once was. Absolutely. But I like this one. I think that sounds like a fun change. And thank God there's no more rolling for finding the thing because that was just beating your head mm -hmm. against the wall. I think the other important change to note on here, Nate, I'm not sure if you said this, 17 threat now and not 20. Yeah. That's a, a good call out. Totally didn't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty huge change there for this one, so I'm excited about that. The next one that changes is Deadly Legacy Virus Cured. So this is one where you didn't see it that often on the tabletop unless you had a plan for it, and it was to mm -hmm. win the game in the middle of a round and just, boop, now you won. Cool, great. So it's still 19 threat, still map C across Main Street there. Still one victory point for each cure held by a character during the cleanup phase. However, you now, during the cleanup phase, if a non-grunt character is holding all three legacy cures, its controlling player does not score VPs from this crisis as normal. Instead, you remove all legacy cures from the game, then the character is KO'd, and its controlling player scores six victory points which is down from eight. But I think the thing that, that to point out about this, it will not happen in the middle of a round again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really huge. And I think that this little, like the gaminess line here doesn't score as normal because you could be like, okay, well, I'm going to be holding all three. So I'm going to get three VPs, then six VPs to make it nine. But obviously you can't do that. It's just six. So mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. And it has a lot of agency with the characters. Yeah, all in all, I'm a I'm a fan of uh, the changes there. Absolutely. So next up, we have the mutant extremists target U.S. senators. So this one, Nate, is now 19 threat. This is one of our formerly 14 threaters, now a 19 threater, which I love 19 as a threat value. It's one of my favorite threat values. I would love to play that all the time. So this will probably be in my list, probably. So completely changed. 
there's a whole new map. It's called Map L. And Map L, for those of you at home, if you want to just visualize the nonsensory of this, and I say nonsense because it's awesome, there are six objectives on the board. Six, Nate. A lot? Yeah, that's a lot. And they're all like clumped up in the middle. So this is going to be super exciting. So six objectives on the board. You score one VP per character. They control holding a senator during the cleanup. But you can only hold one senator at a time. And you can only make one move action if you're holding a senator. So you're going to get a bunch of characters on the board, but they're going to be spread out pretty good amongst the senators. are going to be spread out pretty good amongst the characters. And yeah, I think this is pretty exciting. What do you think of this one, Nate? Yeah, man, uh, I'm a fan. It's going to encourage some of the wider teams out there to uh, run this one just based on the fact that each character can only hold one. So a team that's only going like three or four wide is going to have a, a much harder time just uh, scoring points out of this one. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of 14 threats, so the jump up to 19 is always nice. Uh, and the... Uh, only one move action per turn is a, a good way to deterrent the the runaway game that some characters uh, probably would still try. It's also interesting because uh, that means when you move up to it and pick it up, you can't move again. Exactly. That's exactly it, which I think is really exciting. What's the next one we got, Nate? Uh, next up is actually our only like brand new crisis. That is Paranoia Pummels the Populace. Uh, it is on a new map called Map K, and there are four of these uh, disturbance tokens. Uh, you get to score one VP for each character holding, same as normal, and it is 16 threat. Mm. Uh, you interact as normal to pick up a disturbance. Each character can only hold one disturbance, which is something that is becoming more and more of a theme, and it's more and more of a good thing because you can't have a character run off to the edge of the board holding three things uh, to, to rack up the victory points. So it, it's just encouraging more and more interaction, which is never a bad thing. Never. Uh, so this one, though, is uh, interesting because it encourages uh, your team to stay close together. It says when a character picks up a disturbance, if there is not another allied character within range two of it, it suffers one damage. Additionally, during the cleanup phase, if one or more characters holding a disturbance token are within range two of another allied character, it doesn't have to be non-dazed or any other stuff, just another allied character, those characters controlling player will score one additional VP. Right, and for those of you out there listening to this, you might be like, whoa, so if I'm clumped up with all my team and all my team has these things, that's how many extra VP? No, 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 it's just one. Just one total VP, no matter how close everybody with a disturbance is to each other. I definitely read that the first time as like, holy moly points. And then I was mm -hmm. like, no, 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 it's not that. It's just the one. So at most, you'll get, if like, let's say you have all four disturbances, you could maybe get a fifth victory point there, which is a lot. But that's, you know, I think easier said than done. So. I like this one. It sounds fun. Next up, we have another change, and that is Research Station Attack. It's no longer 16. It is 15 now, which I think is very interesting because I liked it at 16, personally. So what changes on this one? 
player scores two VPs if they're securing the researcher during the cleanup phase, then they score one additional VP if the researcher is within range one of their evac point. And that, I think, is the change right there. Everything else is the same. Uh, there is one other slight change oh. to how the additional victory point is scored. Mm. Uh, so it, because it now says additional VP, if the researcher is within one, means that you have to be securing it to score the three VP. Really? It's interesting that they would put it in those terms because I've been hit by that before where my opponent moved it all the way to my point, ran away, didn't have to be standing there. And they scored the points. Why does the phrase additional VP, if it's within range one, change how that's scored? Because because it's additional, it has to have something to initially add on to. Uh, I don't know how else to, to phrase that. Well, no, no, that's that's fine. It's just, I find that interesting. And I can see that phrasing kind of tripping people up at some point. And, and this is one where, if that's how it works, it's how it works. And I'm all for that, making my opponent have to stand there. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm about that. What's next, Nate? Uh, next up, we have Scrolls Infiltrate World Leadership, which was a Korvox crisis that now has a threat level of 20. We're going to place four Scroll Agent tokens uh, on what is now known as Map J, so we're upping the number of Scroll Agents. Yeah. Uh, as normal... Uh, uh, each get to score one VP, uh, and you don't have to search for the scroll anymore. You just pick up the scroll agent by interacting. You can only hold one at a time. However, once you pick up a scroll agent, uh, you roll dice equal to this character's physical defense. If the result does not contain one or more crit or wild results, the opposing player gets to push your character short. Oh, man. Oh, man, that could be bananas. All right, so what you're saying is Convocation should never play this crisis. Got it. Got it. Kind of. <laughs> They're going to get shoved around, and because with how Map J is, everything is either on the center line or only two inches away from the center line, uh, that shove is definitely going to put you in harm's way if it uh, does not go your way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is really exciting. And I think this is a really great change for scrolls. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And it, one of the things I like about what a lot of these crises are doing at this point is kind of mixing up the interaction between the characters, right? Or mm -hmm. it, it makes it to where each player, I should say, is going to be able to do things turn one in a, in a much more interactive fashion, which I like. So, yeah, for sure. The next change is another core box crisis. The struggle for the cube continues. Still 17 threats, still five cube fragments, still gain a power for the damage suffered during the cleanup phase. Wait a minute. That sounds different, Nate. Yeah. So. Big change. Lovely change. I hate it. I'm not going to lie. So this is one where uh, things, things are a little different now. So you still have five objectives, still map F, you still get power for damage whenever you, you take the damage from the cube fragments. However, it is now during the cleanup phase as opposed to the power phase. Why does this matter? That is because previously you could 
potentially leave someone on one damage, let them get their power from the cube, days in the power phase, and then be gone for an entire round. To be fair, that stinks. It's it stinks. It was it was tough to deal with and frustrating. Counterpoint, it was really hard to just like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave you on one. I'm just gonna try to leave you on one. You know, like it was way dicier, I think, than maybe people got you know, got in their heads were sometimes. Like I feel like because I've heard people say that all the time. It's like, well, you just leave them on one. It's like, how how are your dice so perfect? You can just detect when you're gonna leave them on one. I know I can't do that. And it's one of those things where, to me, of all the changes, this one is one where I think it takes an interesting tactical element out of the game and makes it vanilla. It, it, like I feel like this is just like cool. Like what to me it's not interesting anymore. It makes it vanilla, but it takes away one of the only crises that had just a built-in negative play experience that you could experience at any game level. Yes, and and that's fair, and I get it, and I'm not not You're not happy about it, but you understand it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's the way it is because it just like I said, it, it was interesting. And, and and different, but it makes sense that that kind of thing would happen in the cleanup phase, but I hate it. Anyways, uh, next one, I'm going to take this next one, Nate, just because I feel like I really want to sing this praises here. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have Montessi formula. It is now 18 threat. Yes. Love 18 threat. And then the only thing that changes, uh, everything else is the same except for this one fact here, and that is it is now a mystic beam, baby. Mm. Mm. Makes, makes sense that the mystic beam is a mystic attack it sure does because it was energy all along and uh now it's mystic and it's beam three six dice and guess what playing convocation playing a pole doc you can re-roll any oh chef's kiss baby well i i do love uh though that you're wrong and i, I love getting to, to point these things out to you what am i wrong uh, about now Additionally, characters Ow. holding the spellbook using the attack, when they use the attack, it cannot add additional dice to the attack or modify its dice during the attack. You know, Nate, reading top to bottom, left to right is apparently a struggle for me because I'm over here just like, oh, Mystic Babe, Mystic Babe, yeah, Mystic Babe. And, uh, and I understand the hype. Plan of Poldock won't work. Uh, and the reason that like I brought this card with Avengers is like, oh, yeah. Let's bring in Iron Man, make this a Friday AI beam. Doesn't work anymore. Oh, let's go like Black Panther, just uh, Black Mantle of the Black Panther, get rerolls on all those beam attacks. No longer works that way. You know, you, you give us some things, AMG, and then you just take them away immediately. Like, what's wrong with you? I don't even know. I still like it, but I'm, you know, I, you saw, you literally, if y'all are out there listening to this, it, visualize in your head a height meter, it was pegging. And then you literally saw it go like the saddest height meter ever. Just like, <laughs> just now. I hope you realize. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. So that's all the extracts. And again, we are going to deep dive into these, talk about some strategies, play strategies, um, some roster building strategies around these as we get more time with them. So just give us some time to do that. I think there's a lot here. We could 
break these down one by one a little bit deeper right now, but we're not going to do that because, again, we want to introduce and, and say, hey, here's what's up. So let's polish this, this off and talk about the secures, which there are only a, a few that have changed. And let's now go to uh, the first secure that's changed, Nate. Yeah, Deadly Meteors, a uh, couple of changes. One, it is on a map I now, which is uh, still kind of across the board, but instead of everything being on the middle point, uh, the ones on the sides are offset by a couple inches. So a little interesting, a little fun there. Uh, the other thing is it is no longer a all-or-nothing uh, style crisis. You will score one VP for each origin bomb you control during the cleanup phase instead of whoever has the most getting to score three. Love it. And the interact and all of that stuff is still the same. Mm -hmm. I, I do love this setup on this one. It's kind of like a diagonal or like a slash, you know? I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Right, Nate, I know you're excited for this next one, so why don't you talk about this next one? I am not excited about it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Gamma Waves sweep across the Midwest is the same everywhere except for the scoring, where it used to be scoring one VP for the uh, crisis closest to you, two for the middle one, and then three for the one farther away. Uh, it is now one for the closest one to you, one for the middle one, and two for the farther one away. Hmm. Why are you Why are you not happy, Nate? Uh, man, I... The, it makes it score like any other crisis. So the 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 high score crisis uh, went down, which is understandable. But man, I wish they had just like left it at least at one two two or something to really encourage uh, the the brawl in the middle point. Yeah, because the one at the far end is more of a oh man, I I I messed up, and my opponent's able to get there and score it more than something else. I'm with you on that. I think that definitely keeping the middle at a two would have been more interesting. And like you said, encouraging the brawl. I think this is still a very brawly crisis. And at 15 threat, I mean, you got to really make some, some tough choices as to what you're going to bring there. But it definitely, I mean, I'm with you in that it, it's still a little bit, you can play a little bit around it more now and not have to be as in fear of leaving your home as you once were. So... Next up, we have Mayor Fisk vows to find the witnesses. Still 16 threat. However, it's on a new map now. So it's map H, which if uh, you want to visualize this a little bit, it's still two points, but they're a lot closer towards the middle. Like they're still on that midline. They're just closer to the middle, which I think is really interesting. And still two VPs. They still move. They still damage. They still stun. But I think the fact that they're closer together makes this a much more interactive crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's one of those where I think that the the fun thing about it is like, whereas before you might have been trying to move those closer to each other so that you can kind of get your team together, now you can kind of all start closer together and you maybe try to move them away to where your opponent has to go chase them down or something like that. I think that there's a lot of fun things you could do with this one. So the next change we have here is intrusions open across city as seals collapse. This is one that I play a lot. I really like it. It's one that like the penalty for going through the portal 
of if you fail the roll. It's literally just three out of the eight faces on the die that will fail you the roll. So you have five chances for success. As long as you see something not a skull, you're good to go. But I can't tell you how many times I've played this game and people fail this roll. It's insane. So you would end up going through the portal, getting damaged, and being placed wherever your opponent wanted you to, right? Well, the only change here is there's no more damage for going through the portal. And I hate it, Nate. You don't like that one? No. Because it now, like, the penalty for going through the portal is so diminished. And I, I will talk a little bit about strategy on this one, okay? Just for a second. Because it's one that I am super familiar with, all right? Mm-hmm. So, when you're using the intrusion portals, if you're on one of the wings, one of the far out ones, and you want to get to the middle or closer to the middle, you can reliably use one of the wing ones. And like, okay, cool. If you put you on the other wing, you're not really that far out of position anyways. So, like, you can kind of mitigate that somewhat is the way I look at it, right? Like, it's not as bad. Whereas if you're in the middle and you need to get to a wing one, you could go in the complete opposite direction. So it's less good. But now it's like that penalty of your opponent potentially placing you when you've got what, like an 80% chance to be successful is not like, it's totally cool. Who cares? Whereas before it's like, all right, cool. I've got this character taking a little damage and I don't know if I can send them through this portal and they'll be okay. You know, that's, I don't know. I just, it just makes me a little bit sad because it was, it was really cool before where it's like kind of had like a double, a double negative. I guess that's what they took away is the double negative, but it's, it's one that it's, it's just it's still fine. It's still a fine crisis. I just, I liked the, the damage aspect of it because of how I play it. I don't ever use those portals unless something has gone horribly wrong. And it's like, I've got to make this gambit of a play. Then I would use the portal and like, you have to take that into account. And now it's like, oh, no, cool. Just, just go through the portal. It's cool. But, you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. It is what it is. So, Nate, what is the final secure crisis that has changed for us? Uh, the final one, and it's one that I'm guessing a lot of people are going to be happy about, is the sword establishes base on Moon's blue area. Uh, one, it's no longer 14 threat. It is up to 15. Uh... Two, there are now four consoles shown on map G, which is uh, something similar to Infinity Formula, but all kind of like pushed closer together. Love it. Kind of a outline of it. Uh, so all that's cool. But the other really nice part is uh, because there are four consoles... Uh, the push is not going to happen every single time because if you can maintain a 2-2 split on who controls the consoles, uh, the push that happens during the power phase doesn't always trigger anymore. Yep, and it's also not all or nothing anymore. Yeah, on the uh, the scoring, like Deadly Meteors, it's now one per console instead of the uh, all or nothing. Yeah, I love this. I love this change. And note suits... No more 14. 14 is gone. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, goodbye, Guardians punishing people at 14 threat on sword base. So It's gone. Yeah. I'm happy for this change. I'm happy with these changes overall, in the overall. Like, yeah, like I said, intrusions. I don't love that. And 
I understand it though. Same thing with cubes. I don't love it just because I thought it was interesting, but I get it. It takes, takes a negative thing out of the game, so I get that. Overall though, I think these are some pretty big changes and especially to the extract game. Like we said earlier, Nate, I mean, this is where the biggest changes have come in is in the extract game. And I feel like that it's going to take a while for the dust to settle on what works and what doesn't around here. And as I read through some of these, as I, as I kind of glance at them, I had a chance to, to kind of take some time with them over the weekend and whatnot, it feels like MCP is much more brawly with some of these crises as instead of the ability to just run around the board it is a lot harder now, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel? Yeah, no, I think uh, in addition to the, uh, like, everything is just closer together for uh, several of the secures. Like, that's one of the smaller changes that happened. Uh, G is closer together than the B wide out. The Fisk is closer together with H. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the lack of options for a successful runaway strategy uh, with uh, taking a single character out of the game but making them hold multiple points worth isn't really a thing anymore. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I'm really excited. I, I think it's a brand new day. It's a bright new future for MCP here, if I say so myself. And I think that uh, we're going to have a lot of fun figuring all this stuff out, Nate. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good time. Absolutely. So, Nate, I think that brings us to a close here today. And suits, let us know how you want us to dive into these crises. Whether or not you want us to take like two or three per episode, something like that. Let us know how you want us to tackle this whole setup here, because it's a it's a whole thing. And I think that there's a lot of strategy to be gleaned from all of these and a lot of discussion. And you know. I I come back to a a type of episode every once in a while where it's like, you know, crisis selection and how important that can be. And I think that we're going to have to have that conversation again because it's all so different now. And again, especially that extract game. So I'm excited to have that discussion. So send us messages over on Facebook or uh, via Discord. You can send us messages over there. If you want to know how to become a part of our Discord server, you can check out patreon.com slash House Party Protocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, which Nate says in his videos all the time, but he totally took that for me. You can come and be a part of our really excellent, really chill Discord community over there. We have a great time. We talk about Crisis Protocol. We talk about Marvel Snap. We talk about other games, board games, miniatures games, all kinds of stuff. Showcase some painting. All of that fun stuff. So definitely come and, and check that out if that's something that you want to do. Support the show that way. Basically, any any support just goes towards our hosting and towards the uh, giveaways that we do, of which we are running one currently. So uh, we'll have the winner announced in about two weeks from the time of recording here. Uh, on uh, Christmas is when we're, we're shutting down. So December 25th, if you don't celebrate Christmas, December 25th. Uh, we're going to shut down the entries for that giveaway, and that is for a Weapon X box, so the Bunker plus Logan the Wolverine and Sabertooth Apex Predator. So the winner will get that, and you just have to comment on the Facebook post that I posted the giveaway <laughs> with, and then you can send us secret code word messages to 
uh, get some extra bonus entries there by listening to the podcast. And Nate, I think I know exactly what our secret code needs to be for this week. What's that? Hype meter. All right, I like it. Because not only is our hype meter pegged for Agent Venom and Jessica Drew, I think it's also the fact that the hype meter literally was like, you know, like pegging. It was redlining for a second there. And then it went, so I think that makes sense. I love it. I like it. And lastly, Suits, I just want to remind everyone, check out BattleKiwi.com. And you can get 10% off your first order from them. So I got a battle box. I know Merzane from the Gamers Guild got a battle box. A bunch of my locals have their little battle box thing. And I got to say, it's wonderful for a tournament. You can get like a magnetic tray that comes on top. Don't forget to add the magnetic tray. I learned that lesson the hard way. And, uh, and yeah, like it, it could be a great little tournament tray for you. And a great way to organize everything and take everything with you for your events at a tournament and stuff like that. I got to say, I love it. And um, if you want to get one of those, you can use the code PARTYKIWI, all one word, at checkout and get 10% off. Like I said, your first order. So if you're a repeat customer, it won't work. But at the same time, you should just be able to use it one time. And and there you go. So definitely check that out. And uh, shout out to those guys over there, down there in New Zealand. They're awesome, and I got to say, I really appreciate them. So, yeah, all of that to say, Nate, where can people find you? Uh, not so much this month, but you can uh, find me over on YouTube, uh, the Gamers Guild, uh, all sorts of uh, MCP-related content, and as the new year comes, uh, probably some Star Wars Shatterpoint stuff, too. Yes. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And, uh, yeah, Suits... Also, uh, let me know if, if that's something you want to hear from me about Shatterpoint. I would certainly love to talk about it, but you know we, uh, we like to do the collabs and all that stuff. So you might hear me elsewhere more so than HPP as a whole uh, talking about Shatterpoint. So just stick around for that fun stuff. And uh, Nate, thanks for hanging out with me today and, and doing all this nonsense and getting hopefully the suits hype meter pegged. And uh, yeah, party on, Nate. Party on, Will. And power down suits. Suits.